Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch, and today we're back with my good brother, Chase Green, and we're going to be discussing Abraham. Last time uh, Chase was on, we discussed something that was a little bit more, uh, a little bit harder to talk about. And you know, as we're going through these examples, we're going to be giving some negative examples as well as some positive examples. And I figured, well, it'd be best to give Chase a positive example rather than a negative example. And Abraham certainly is a positive example of faith. Uh, so uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about uh, that and go from there. Um, in in the New Testament, we see Abraham portrayed as a great example of faith many times. Of course, Hebrews chapter eleven, when we have a, a, a great list of individuals who are portrayed as examples of faith, but Abraham is mentioned there twice. Not only is he mentioned twice, but he's also listed to have many different examples of faith. And in Romans, much of the Roman letter is about Abraham and his and his faith and, and how he was justified by his faith. So Abraham is probably the greatest example, or at least he's the greatest example that God gives us in regards to faith. So Chase, what are some, some portrayals of Abraham's faith? Well, I think there are several. <clears throat> um, Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. I think that's maybe an over, an uh, underlooked or overlooked one. Yeah. And uh, but also, I think of the more more uh, commonly thought of ones. Genesis chapter twelve. He obeyed God and left his home country, and he went out where God showed him. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, if God tells me to leave where I'm from and go to some country I have nothing, you know, I don't know anything about, I'm going to do it because God told me to, but I'd be a little bit nervous about that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, you, ha uh, you, sure... have, you have no map, no um, atlas, nothing. Right. You don't know anything about it. No pictures like we have today of, of tourist sites, et cetera. This is just completely blindly. Uh, going into exactly. it, except for God telling him to. Exactly, and, and Abraham went ahead and did it. So uh, that's definitely an example of faith. Uh, he dwelt in the land of promise, and uh, that's not always easy to do. You think about just living, you know, hours or in his case, probably days away from his family. So he he physically dwelt where God told him to dwell. He waited for a city whose foundations and builder and maker is God, and God was his priority. So uh, those are a few things, but also I think probably the most common uh, example of Abraham's faith is when he offered up Isaac, his only begotten son. Uh, really, I guess the the son of, of preference, maybe we might say in the sense that the, the blessing was going to come through him. We know he had uh, Ishmael as well, but this was the son who the uh, promise was made unto 
that ultimately the Messiah would come through him. So anyways, uh, in Genesis 22, God tells him to offer Isaac as an offering. And we know that Abraham was willing to do that. And uh, you can read about it in Genesis 22. But uh, he, he goes ahead and he, he saddles his animal and he, he takes the things necessary for an offering. And he brings the, the boy with him. And all the while, uh, Isaac is asking him questions. Where's the, uh, the offering? Where, what are we going to bring? And uh, I can imagine Abraham being very uh, emotional when his little boy is, is uh, saying that to him. Oh, yeah. And he says, though, God will provide. God will provide an offering. And so he takes him up there uh, on the mountains of Moriah. He has the, the knife in hand and he's ready to go. And then the angel, of course, stops him. And um, basically, this was a test. And he passed the test with flying color. So that's Abraham. That's kind of a picture of his faithfulness. Uh, and we can read about this uh, in recap uh, as he is in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, as well as verses 12 through uh, 19. So absolutely, Abraham is a wonderful example of faithfulness. Yeah. And, and in all of these accounts that we read about, we learn what faith is. So uh, there's there's a lot of misconceptions, and we discussed this last season in in our our discussion of New Testament Christianity. One of the things that we discussed was was faith, because faith is the central part of New Testament Christian Christianity. Faith, hope, and love these three, uh, but the greatest of the, these is love. And there's a lot of misconceptions about about faith. What faith is? They think that it's just mere believing something but that belief is taken into action you act out what you believe and and that is faith if you believe something it's going to cause you to do something it's going to cause you to act and in each of these instances where abraham is where it says that he by faith as, as in as in hebrews 11 by faith abraham did this as well as every other example there for us they did something and in James chapter two, whenever James is is making this case in regards to to uh, faith versus works or faith over works, he he's trying to explain to his people that faith is not just just faith alone. That faith is works. Your faith is 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 made by your works. Uh, James chapter two and verse uh, twenty, beginning in verse twenty two, you see how uh, faith uh, wrought with his works. And by works was his was faith made perfect. And this was talking about Abraham being justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac. Verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, there's his faith, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, not by faith alone or not by faith only. And I love that phrase there that it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Now, here's the interesting part. That's a reference from Isaiah 40, uh, 41 verse 8. Uh, nowhere in Genesis does Moses call Abraham the friend of God for doing these things, but rather Isaiah makes reference to this, but it's not, of course, Isaiah speaking here. 
when in Isaiah 41, 8, it's God that's talking and God is the one who is calling him his friend. Isaiah 41, 8, but you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. And we find out why Abraham was called God's friend because Abraham believed God. This belief, it is, it's acting, it's doing uh, what God has said. Um, so so right. going, going along with that, continuing on, what is a modern biblical, biblical faith? Well, uh, I like what you mentioned there, and you, you brought in James chapter 2, and I'm glad that you did. Faith, as we say, belief is an absolutely essential component of that. Uh, as far as, you know, just believing in general, sure, that is an extremely important component of faith. And, uh, but it's not the only component. And as you have mentioned, it's, it's about the follow through. It's about a belief that is so uh, intensely set on believing what God said that we follow through with another component that is essential to, to faith, which is that obedience that we find in all of these examples in Hebrews chapter 11. Over and over again, by faith, Abel did this. By faith, Noah did that. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, uh, Moses and David and all these examples in Hebrews chapter 11, every single time it's showing a belief that is followed through with action because we believe what God said and we're going to do what God said. So that is a modern biblical faith. And I'd also like to go to James chapter 1 as well. James chapter 1 verses 22 through 25 talks about the follow through. It says that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So faith, yes, believing is abs absolutely an essential component of that, but following through, being a doer of the word is also an essential component of it. And I'll give you one last example and, and then, you know, kind of continue to comment, Houston. But uh, Mark 16, 16, within Jesus's plan of salvation, he says, he who believes, well, there's that basic belief in Christ. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's the follow through belief Absolutely. and then follow through with being baptized. He who does not believe, well, of course, he's not going to follow through with with being baptized because he doesn't even get the first component right. He doesn't even believe. He who does not believe will be condemned. Exactly. And and talking talking about this idea of of faith, faith and works is it's it's a debate among um uh, among modern uh in, in modern Christendom, I would say uh that being New Testament Christianity along with de denominational Christianity included, uh that well, it's it's faith it's faith only versus uh, versus, and I would say those who who say they believe in faith only, the vast majority of them still practice works. Uh, uh, they still believe that 
well, I've got things that I need to do. And they, and they still, they still love God. They still love their neighbor. They get so caught up in arguing that, well, we're saved by faith only, but, but well, you have something to say. Well, yeah, I was just going to say they don't even in practice really believe that though, because they will say, well, just believe, but here's what you have to do. You have to accept Jesus Christ. You have to pray for your salvation. We know that's not biblical, but they would yeah. say you have to do this. Well, exactly. is that not having, you know, is that not having some sort of follow through even in their own belief? Exactly. Yeah. It, and, and it, the, the sad part is, however, even though while the vast majority say one thing and they practice another, there is, there still are some that, that it, it wholly corrupts them. I was, I was told about an individual who, whenever he was very young and this, this is a true story. and you may, you may actually, somebody may actually know of something similar. Uh, this, this young, this man, whenever he was a young boy, um, there was a pastor or a preacher, whatever you want to say, who came up to him and gave him a, 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 a free ticket to heaven is what it was. And this, this young boy, he, he held on to that ticket. He still has it in his wallet today. In fact, he's laminated. He never goes to church. He's caught up in all other sorts of, of problems and drugs, et cetera. But he has that ticket. And he thinks that because he has that ticket, that that's going to get him to heaven. And he believes it. Here's, here's the problem with that. That not only has that preacher, is he condemning himself to hell for, for teaching that, but he's also dragged somebody else along with him. And you know that he's dragged many other people down, down with him as well. Well, that's why Jesus said that the, when the blind leads the blind, both fall into the ditch. And it's hard for me to, to, to see that, that people like that, that, that people who teach that, that they're blind. I mean, how, 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 what, how can you believe that you have the authority to give a quote-unquote free ticket to heaven and what makes you think that that's going to be a free ticket to heaven? And it, it, it somewhat enrages me whenever people teach that or whenever you hear about something like that. Um, and I know that it certainly infuriates God as well. Uh, talking about a modern biblical faith, you know, with Abraham, he had the voice of God. God was, was continually telling him to do these things. Abraham, get out of your father's uh, country. Go into a land that I will show you. Then whenever he, he, he was commanded to offer up Isaac, God told him verbally that to, to, to offer up Isaac. We don't have the, the, the literal voice of God today and talking as if I'm talking to you. God is not going to directly speak to me. Uh, I would say I, I need to back up there that he does directly speak to us. But he doesn't directly speak to us in the same manner that he that he spoke to those of old time. Uh, Hebrews chapter one mentions this uh, in 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 some some bit. Uh, Hebrews chapter one, verse one. God, who at sundry time and in times and in various manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, by whom He also made the world. So in time past, God spoke, uh, of course, through the fathers, the Hebrews writers talking about the, the, the Jews, not talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, etc. 
he's talking about from Moses' time forward, spoken to them by the prophets, and the prophets had God speaking to them uh, in that way. But now God speaks to us from Jesus' time all the way throughout the rest of history through Jesus. So the way that we receive or that we um, receive the word of God, the commandments of God, is through Jesus, through this book here. So the way that we act in faith, the way that we have a biblical faith today is by doing the things that God has said in this book. What do you have to say? Yeah, uh, Houston, if I may, can I back up and talk about the free gift for a moment? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> you know, the free ticket or whatever, but I think uh, a lot of people will go to Romans 6.23 and try to talk about that. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Absolutely, it is a gift. It's a wonderful gift, and we all need access to that gift. Let me say this. That gift, have you ever given somebody a gift? It cost something, didn't it? It mm -hmm. did. And it cost the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So it was not free in the sense that it didn't cost anything. It cost a lot. And mm -hmm. although it is free, maybe we might say in the sense of, you know, there's access for anybody who wants it. We might use the word free in that sense. Well, there's access for anybody who wants to partake of the salvation that God offers. We still have to accept it. It's mm -hmm. possible. I mean, you ever turn down a gift for whatever reason? Well, sure. Sometimes we may turn down a gift, uh, maybe because there were strange strings attached that we didn't quite agree with, and so we turned down some sort of gift. Well, people can turn down the gift of salvation as well. So it's available. It's free in that sense, but it still costs the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and it also costs something in our lives as well. Jesus told us that we need to pick up our cross daily and follow him, for example. It costs something. There is a cost to discipleship, and there's also this cost of we have to do exactly what Jesus said to obtain that gift. And he has told us in many, many, many places that we've got to, for instance, obey the gospel in order to uh, obtain that gift. Jesus will return in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who know not God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, Second uh, Thessalonians 1, uh, 8, I believe. And so, sure, it's a gift, but we have to accept the gift, and, and God's Word tells us exa exactly how we accept that gift. Absolutely, yeah, that's an illustration that I use oftentimes, and I believe that's an implication of any time you, you read that illustration in the New Testament, that you you have to accept that gift in order to accept it. You you believe, you repent of your past sins, you confess that Jesus is the Christ, you are buried with him in the water grave of baptism, and then you live faithful to him. That's how you accept that gift. And outside of those things, there is no acceptation of it. Uh, and now, we've, got, one, we've got verses to back up all of those uh, steps, if you will. Yeah, uh, I, I know that I rattled them off because they're kind of they should be second nature to anybody. Uh, you should you should be able to know them by heart, and you should be able to know the passages by heart as well. But sometimes we can get bogged down whenever we lift list the verses and we're going through there fast, and I don't want to do that. Right. Uh, but uh, so continuing continuing on, and and the last thing that I want us to stress here is how can we increase our faith in God? 
how can how can we have a faith like Abraham like Abraham had? Just a real quick point here because I know uh, we're pressed for time. It's real simple. Uh, there's one verse in particular that I think really helps us out here. It's Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we want to have more faith, and again, we've we've defined mm -hmm. that, sure, as belief, yes, but also it's more than that. It's a, it's a follow-through as well, a follow-through with obedience to God to the best of our ability. Uh, if we want to have more faith, we need to hear, we need to study, and we need to meditate on. We need to let it marinate in our minds, if you will, the word of God, and then we need to obey it. Yeah, absolutely. One one thing to add to that, looking at Abraham, you have Abraham and that first one, that first, that first commandment, uh, that first act of faith, that was a very hard one. Going, you know, going into the land that you you've never been before. You don't have a map, don't have an atlas, you don't have any pictures, nothing in your mind. You don't know where God's taking you, but you do it. And whenever Abraham goes, then the next act of faith that we have, the great act of faith that we have listed. It's something that none of us can, can, can fathom uh, even attempting, sacrificing our, 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 our only or our firstborn son, I should say. And so I would say that a way to increase our faith is you start by doing it. Do what God has told you. When God has proven himself one time, your faith is it's the same way with, with an individual. If you have faith in a certain person, well, you might have faith in that person because they've proven themselves to you. They've proven that, they, that, that you can put your faith in them. And God is tried and true. He has never failed, and he will never fail you. Uh, so if you want to increase your faith, start by acting in faith. Do what God has told you. You're going to find out that you will have no regrets in it, or at least you shouldn't. If you do, you perhaps are not acting as faithful as you should. Chase, do you have any final thoughts or remarks? I, I just appreciate you bringing that last point in because Faith, let me say this too, faith is not a blind leap in the dark. It's not at all. Uh, we have faith because we have evidence. Hebrews 11, verse 1, uh, the, uh, one second. No problem, brother. And again, we're, we're making reference back to Hebrews 11, uh, which if you, if you, Hopefully you have read Hebrews 11. If you have not, it is a, it is a great chapter of faith. Right. Uh, when my, my mind escaped me, here's where I was trying to go with that. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have substance. We have evidence. We have all the proof we need to have a strong faith in uh, God's word. And here's just one tiny bit of evidence. Paul said, I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul, an apostle of Christ, he knew he was going to receive that in, that uh, heavenly inheritance when he died. And uh, what did this man do? What did he go through as he preached this message? He went through beatings. He went through shipwreck. He went through all sorts of persecution. And he still believed it, and he kept that which was committed unto him. He knew that uh, Christ was going to give him that crown when he finished his race. One of many examples of 
the inspiration of this message, which is the gospel of Christ, and we can have faith in it. We can have we have substance and evidence to it. So our faith is not a blind leap in the dark. It is something that is firm and able to be grasped. And uh, when we have that kind of faith, which is belief and follow through, then uh, we can know exactly where we're headed. Absolutely. One one final thing we keep we keep on, but you mentioned Paul. John is known as the apostle of love. Peter's known as the apostle of hope, and and Paul is known as the apostle of faith. And we can certainly see why he why he is. Um, we do appreciate you if you stayed tuned in. Um, perhaps you have questions or you you um, want to reach out to us in any way. You can find uh, how to do so in, in in the description down below. We have all the links there. Um, go like and share. Check out our Facebook page. I believe we're on Instagram as well. Um, go check us out there. Uh, check out some of the other Sistering podcasts. If you're looking for a good podcast uh, to, to listen to, we have podcasts airing every every day of the week. And sometimes we have uh, two airing in a, in a particular day, such as mine and, and Drew Suttles, the Weathering the Storm podcast. We appreciate you for staying tuned in and have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.